0: This is the Mark Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. For the next four weeks, we're going to be having conversations here on the podcast based on the new Advent study written by several women here at LifeWay. Join us as we dive into this five-week study called Our Hope Has Come. It's available at LifeWay.com slash hope. Join us as we celebrate God's kindness and choose to trust in His promises,
1: even when the future seems uncertain. Yes, our hope has come and at just the right time, He will be back. We're so glad you've joined us today.
2: Ready to dive into God's Word with us? Join our next online Bible study. Throughout the year, we'll dive into LifeWay Women's studies that cover a variety of topics and hear from several different amazing Bible teachers. For each study, you can access the teaching videos for a limited time, comment and interact with others walking through the study, and track your progress. See what we're studying next at lifewaywomen.com forward slash
1: OBS. Hello and welcome back to the Mark podcast. I am Elizabeth Hyman and I'm here with my co-host Kelly King. Hey Kelly. Hey Elizabeth. It's getting really
0: close. Close to Christmas,
1: I know. I feel like I need some jingle bells or something, but I don't I have do. any here.
0: And I wish I, I don't just like too. have those
1: by my desk. Believe it or not,
0: yeah, uh, I don't know. But this is our <laughs> for, this is our fourth week. This yes. is the final week of talking about Advent. So we have our friend Lauren Irvin with us from from LifeWay Women. So Lauren, welcome to the Mark Podcast. Hi, everyone. Yay! Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do at LifeWay. Yeah, I am Lauren.
2: I am the graphic designer for LifeWay Women. I've been at LifeWay for 10 years and grew up in Nashville and always wanted to be a designer at LifeWay. So I'm in the LifeWay Women team is just the most fun for me. I love
1: it. (laughs) You're Um, living the dream. Living the dream. I Tell us about your kids because they are so fun.
2: Yes, so I (laughs) am married and have two young children. I have Jackson, who's four, and Eliza, who is two, and they help me with the kids' activities for the Advent study. Yes. Help is a loose term. <laughs> They've gotten better over the years at helping instead of destroying, but it's fun. They, their little hands have been in it sometimes. Their hands are still in it this year, but just not Ooh. a photo of their hands. They helped me with the family wreath.
1: Oh, fun. And they said, oh, I yeah. made that. I love it. Aww. I love it so much. So as the Lifeway Women uh, publishing designer, you get to put all the pictures in our Bible studies. You get to design the covers and all of that stuff. It is a really fun job, um, and you get to design our beautiful Advent studies every year. They're always so much fun, so let's, uh, let's get the behind-the-scenes scoop. We want to know... You, What is your favorite part of getting to work on the Advent study each year? And then yeah. we'll dive into how the, you, you wrote the activities this year. Cool.
2: <laughs> this is one of my favorite projects of the year. Honestly, yeah. it's like, it feels like a group project from school. Yes. But <laughs> instead of it being like the kind of group project where everyone's slacking, been up at 2 a.m., instead the group is actually... You know, a smart, hardworking group of ladies who love the Lord. So it's yeah. really fun to work on this every year. Um, I love that it's for color, so we get to do art, yes. and take pictures. Um I get the joy of working on the activities to take the photos of the activities all by myself, usually. I sometimes I have some help. Um, yeah. but I'm like out buying Christmas stuff in April, which is the worst <laughs> time to buy Christmas stuff. yes. And buying supplies and listening to Christmas music in April when it's springtime. That's usually when I'm doing this.
0: Yes. Sure it's never a bad time to listen to Christmas <laughs> yes, music. Yes. Yes.
2: Never. Time. It's just not even Christmas in July, you know? Yeah. Great. It's Christmas <laughs> in April.
1: One thing that we love is when somebody writes in and has a question about the activities, they're like, you know, how many oranges did this take? Or how many, what kind of glue did you use? We're like, Lauren has done it. Let's ask her what she used. Yeah. And so you are a great resource for people when they have questions about our activities because you've done them all, um, yep. which is always so fun. And to see, like, your, like you said, your kids sometimes get in on the... Um, and on the like activities and get to do some crafts and stuff and I, I wonder what they think about doing Christmas in April.
2: <laughs> yes, uh, and I get the joy of storing it in my house until until we actually need it, like now. You know. Oh
1: yeah, that's so, true. That's true. Well, it's always
2: uh, great if it's easily stored, which I'm sure all of the ladies would also appreciate if it's something that can be easily stored. So definitely, that's true. That's true. Yes.
1: So you got to, this year, you got to not only photograph all of the activities, but you actually got to write the activities for adults. So just a little, uh, if you're not following along with the Advent study, we have activities each week for adults, for teens, and for kids. So um, do you have a favorite activity this year, Lauren? Lauren? Yeah, my
2: favorite, so my favorite activity is not one I wrote, actually. It is the family hands wreath, which is like, I think, the first week um, that Becca wrote the kids' activity, just because that was special for me with my kids. I need to laminate it. I still have it. Um, But yeah, I went and got green card stock and traced their little hands, and then I spent probably an hour cutting out all their hands. (laughs) And then they looked at it and were like, oh, I made that. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, you (laughs) did make that. (laughs) So uh, but I loved that one. And then my favorite that I wrote my favorite actual like activity once you finish it was the stars, the paperback stars.
1: Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah, those are really pretty.
2: It was so much easier than I expected. And then um, I feel bad that I didn't put this in the book, but like I say to glue it, but if you don't glue it and you just like paper clip it, uh-huh. then when Christmas is over you can just fold it all back
1: and Ooh. store it in There's your bin. An insider tip for everyone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Easily stored I don't without taking up much room. So it's kind of like, I mean, I'm looking at the picture of it right now, Lauren. It's almost like a snowflake type of thing, right?
2: Yeah, and it's huge. But it
1: doesn't look huge in the picture.
2: Okay. But it is, like, that thing is probably a foot and a half
1: I'm going to make some of these for my... Um, my big win- I have a big window in my living room, and I never know what to do with it for Christmas. And so now I know I'm going to make these uh, paper stars and hang them there. Yep. And it's so much
2: easier than snowflakes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. it, I promise it's easier than snowflakes. You just need a whole bunch of bags and maybe make like eight or ten, and you've yeah. got a whole window worth. I love it.
1: Those would be I've so to fun screen. too to like string from the ceiling just all over your house. Yes. If you just really yeah. want to go into the super Christmassy, um fun, I don't know. And I like that they're a neutral color. So whatever color scheme you've got going on for your mm-hmm. Christmas decorations, you could and you could paint it or do like true. yeah, oh, if you really cool. if you really wanted to. Like probably and some spray paint would be easiest.
2: I bet you could buy white ones too. Like you can uh, yeah, buy white thinking, paper yeah, bags. Yeah, uh-huh. that's
1: true.
0: Okay, I am not like I was the mom who never let my kids play with glitter, but you could do glitter on this if you're the kind of mom who likes glitter. I, I would stay away (laughs) from glitter personally. Yeah, yeah.
1: I would not do that all over my house if I if I (laughs) did glitter once. Maybe just contain those to one location. The glitter is still going to get all over your house though, so it doesn't matter.
0: Okay, I have to ask you a question, Lauren, because I'm looking at the bird feeder wreath Mm -hmm. um, because I think that looks really cool, but like the picture of it is outside with snow i want to know did you take this picture in the snow did you make snow what did you do
2: no i'm so thankful that i found that image because like oh. i've been saying i do this in april when it's yeah like everyone's happy that green is here and i'm like i cannot take any winter photos right now but <laughs> no that was a stock photo
1: those birds look kind of exotic for middle tennessee too I yes. Don't know. yes i don't know kind of I, birds I, and that's are. not in
2: the world yeah, it's nice to see something that's not Middle Tennessee,
1: right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, that's just a little insider.
0: Kelly, yeah, maybe you can use your
1: just, maybe you can use your app to determine what kind of birds those are. I know. I ha- we, we we're talking
0: Elizabeth and I had this whole like bird conversation before we started recording. So that uh, for another day, that would <laughs> yes. be another episode. <laughs> bird watching with Elizabeth and Kelly. Which yeah, you know, and I'll give
2: good. you another tip on that one. You're going to yeah. need a lot of ingredients to fill a full-size bundt pan
1: Okay. to make yeah. one big wreath. Okay, Or you okay. can make
2: little bundt pans.
1: Yeah, I beauty. think um, I've seen some of those little ones at Target maybe, and I've almost bought them just because they're cute. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't need these <laughs> because they're cute. I have nowhere to store them. But yeah, you could do little ones too.
0: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's dive into the questions. We're going to do what we've done the last few weeks and just talk through this week's study and so this is open to elizabeth you or lauren um one of the things that we talked about in this last week was waiting and so if you're limited to just one thing what do you have the hardest time waiting for in everyday life or what maybe what tests your patience the most
2: okay so i'm actually a pretty patient person by nature Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people probably wouldn't relate to that, but, like I enjoy sitting in traffic, you know, I'm obnoxiously patient <laughs> on the things that are not important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, i'm I'm
1: I, that way a lot, not necessarily in traffic, but in a lot of things, I can be that way, too. So I get that. <laughs> and like That's I look at my kids
2: way. and I'm just like, I'm already like, "Oh, you're not you that you were yesterday." So every
1: single day I'm like,
2: let's just drag this out. Let's mm-hmm. drag out the good times, the living times, let's drag it out. But when it comes to things like uh, life or death, medical news type situations, Mm. that is the worst. And I'm horrible at that. I'm terribly anxious and just like praying constantly for uh, not dying of a heart attack from how
1: much anxiety (laughs) it'll give me. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to think about that. I think for me... I am the most impatient. I think traffic does test my patience the most, um, which is not great when you live in Nashville. But since we're working from home these days, it hasn't, it hasn't been as difficult. Um, but yeah, I think just like for me, it's almost like the next big event in my life or like if it's a vacation or um, a work event or something like that, like I have a hard time waiting for those things I guess I don't know how I really like don't like get impatient because if there's not a lot you can do about that it's time you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't hurry it along so I just I guess it's just like I have I have the hardest time waiting for those things
0: yeah what about you I'm better at it now than I think I used to be um but I remember even just early in our marriage um I was one that was always ready and I was always waiting on my husband to get to the car. <laughs> and I still remember sitting in the car one day, going, we are getting ready to go to church and he was late and I started honking the horn and that that, that didn't go well. And so I've learned that, you know, you just have to, to have patience with people who tend to be a little bit late. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> oh, that
2: makes me think. I'll add that waiting for a toddler to get in a car seat is really oh, cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm not obnoxiously patient.
1: (laughs) I will say, yeah, I've experienced that a little bit with my uh, friends' kids where I'm just like, why are you not, why is it taking so long for you to just get, just sit down, just sit down. I don't understand what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For sure. I think toddlers in general can test our patience um, a lot, but. Absolutely. (laughs) So during Advent, we celebrate Jesus's birth and we anticipate his return. So this week we um, will talk about, like if you haven't read week four yet, we will talk a lot about that second coming and the um, how we're anticipating that. So when you think about the day when Jesus will come back, what most excites you and what are some other feelings that future hope stirs up for you? mm mm-hmm.
2: Am I going yeah. first again?
0: Kelly, yeah. you go yeah, first. Go. Okay, I'll go first. Um, it's interesting because when I think about this, sometimes you just go, do I think? Do I actually really think about that enough? Do I right. think about when Jesus is going to come back? And then, it, you know, what do I look forward to? Well, I think the obvious thing is that I just look forward to the restoration of the brokenness of our mm-hmm. world. You know, it's just like I'm... I think we just get so weary, I mean, when we talk about when the weary world rejoices of it's like, okay, could we I'm just ready? I'm just ready for there to be no more pain and no more sorrow, no more death um so that to me is what excites me the most um so that would be for me,
1: yeah, Lauren, what about you?
2: I look forward to understanding the mysteries of the universe, mm. yeah. <laughs>
1: I would agree with that. I I think I, I'm a combination of both. I definitely think I'm looking forward to the promise that we have in Revelation there will be no more tears and no more pain and um, suffering. But also, I am so curious. And so I'm just like, I want to know all the things that uh, there are. I think I've said this before on the podcast, Kelly, about how I have this vision of heaven where it's like, classrooms and we get to go around and like learn all the things that we had questions about, like yes, a, p- a panel.
2: So discuss- you,
0: Elizabeth, that is so you. <laughs> like,
2: I want to, I was like thinking, do we get to ask? Like, do we need time yeah. to sit and ask? Are we just going to know? I am so curious about I that. Know, I know. I know. I'm like,
1: I think there should be like a panel discussion among the disciples about when Jesus walked on water. Like I want to know what everybody's <laughs> reaction was um, and what they were thinking and, you know, what did Jesus write in the sand in uh, with the adulterous mm-hmm. woman? Like, we all want to know. And so just things like that, I'm just like, I want to – but I want to learn it, I think, because I like to learn. So I, I hope that we get to learn things like that um, as well. I know, I know even if we don't, I will be so happy, and it'll be great <laughs> either way. But and, definitely.
0: you know, I don't know if I think about, like, in the classroom setting, but I think about <laughs> – Not I, I everyone
1: wants to go back to school. No. and. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I do think about the conversations and yes. just even in people in scripture that we know, but then also just historical figures of what, or even yeah. just relatives from, you know, generations that we don't even know to go, oh my goodness, you, you were part of my lineage. And so what did you experience? And just like, I want to know your story. I, yeah. I want to know that. Yeah. And you do kind of wonder, you're like, well, we have all knowledge. I think we, you know, or do we... Uh, it's, those are things we don't know. It's yeah. a mystery, Lauren. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yes. Thorough. Yeah. Well, okay. So Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20, it says, Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we see in this passage that Jesus gave His followers, um, and, and really even the followers today, some very clear marching orders. So Elizabeth, what encourages you about the Great Commission? Um, that's what we normally call these verses, mm-hmm. or what challenges you about what is said in that passage?
1: I think the the thing that always encourages me about um, the Great Commission is the last line, remember, I'm with you always until the end of the age, and I mean that's what Christmas is all about—is that uh, Jesus with us, Emmanuel. Um, and so, to me, that is so encouraging because we don't have to go it alone. Um, and then in Acts one eight, which is another a version of the same moment, mm-hmm. um, Jesus says. Will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so that is empowering um, to to just know that the Holy Spirit is with us and Jesus is with us. And so he's not going to leave us. Um, as we talked about with Jeannie Cunyon in the, a few episodes ago, like the we're turn. never alone. We're, we don't have to be alone. And so that's super encouraging. I think what's challenging for me is just the Going and making disciples, I can always grow in that. That is not something that comes naturally to me, um, mm-hmm. and so that is something that is always challenging for me personally. Is to to evangelize like that um, is something that I will always need to grow in. So that that's always challenging to me.
0: Yeah. What about you, Lauren? I am right there with Elizabeth.
2: I so I talked about this with a friend recently over dinner that just like. Knowing God and knowing the hope in Jesus really does open up your life to, like, this poetic joy and thankfulness and satisfaction in all things. And, like, I want everyone to have that. Um, But I'm not great at just, like, I want everyone to have that, like, out loud to everyone all the time since I'm so introverted. But I think that I do try to do that, like, with close relationships and one-on-one conversations. And that's probably just who I will be forever is yeah, like starting a relationship and having those conversations one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I always need to grow in that as well. And and I need to push myself to get out of my comfort zone. I'm not just going to
0: say, Oh, I'm too introverted, but right. Yeah, oh,
2: for sure. For sure.
0: What about you, Kelly? You know, I'm looking at the verses and just to, to say something a little different because it, it really does, both encourage me and challenges me um, when we talk about making disciples of all nations. Mm. And and I do think of Christmas, I think of all of the traditions that happen really around the world, but also the gospel going out around the world. Yeah, And sometimes I think we get so insulated in our own communities and in our own little bubbles that we forget that our the commandment of the Lord is to to go to all peoples. And and so having compassion and having a desire that that Christmas is not just us, it's not just for for us but it is for all people. And and, and I think about even just this past year with everything that happened in Afghanistan and we've got refugees that are coming to the United States and and however you feel about that like we're called. We're called to love people of all ethnicities, and we're called to to make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's an encouragement and also the challenge of that's that will continue until He returns, for sure.
1: Yeah, and you definitely teed us up perfectly for our next
0: question. So The Christmas
1: season is one of the few times of the year when Christianity continues to infiltrate the culture at large because it is the story of Jesus' birth. So even though, you know, things have gotten commercialized in a lot of ways, it's still like that is the reason why we celebrate Christmas and um, everybody like – one of my favorite things is being in a grocery store or something and hearing these Christmas carols that Mm -hmm. um, are singing the gospel just over the loudspeakers. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. is anyone in here listening to this? Like, do you have any questions? I can answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it, so it gives us many opportunities to share the good news of the gospel with people in our lives, with our neighbors, with our friends, because we can kind of like Lauren was saying, like we can have those one-on-one conversations of, you know, So what do you – how do you celebrate Christmas? Like here's a tradition that my family has and maybe it's, you know, the Advent candles and wreath or um, it's one of these activities (laughs) in our Advent books or something like that. And so they give us great ways to do that. But what are some other practical ideas that y'all might have for living out the Great Commission calling specifically during the Christmas season this year? Go for it, Lauren.
2: I think – the big thing for me this year is just being encouraging mm-hmm. um the past year and a half has felt so discouraging and everyone's so quick to be discouraging or spread fear or h- more hateful and I just like I love the phrase in the intro about defiant joy having defiant mm-hmm. joy mm-hmm. um so that's just that's my goal this year yeah yeah
0: I love that. Yeah. I I think too for me, just the practical ways. um, Of course, I mean, I I like what we were saying earlier about even the activities. You could do that together with Mm -hmm. others or to give, you know, like the bird feeder, you know, wreath, or you could give that to neighbors. That's a pretty easy little activity that you could either make together or do together. Um, But also, and this is just me because I was raised. You know, in a very Southern Baptist home, and and so I love my Southern Baptist roots. But I always <laughs> think of the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, yes. And I always think about just what do we give, and what are we giving towards missions, and so that's just a big part of our particular Christmas traditions, so to speak. And and the practical way that we really do live out the Great Commission is that by by giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, you are giving to missionaries who are serving all over the world who are you know, sharing the gospel with people that I may never meet and that I won't meet this side of heaven. And so I think that's a really practical way to live out the Great Commission.
1: Yeah, I love that, and then you can uh, you can go make disciples of all nations by, through yeah. through them. So that's and I think even if you can't give money, uh, the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering page, which we'll link to in the show notes, but it has ways that you can specifically be praying for missionaries as they're mm-hmm. doing that work around the world. And I know um, from talking with Gloria Furman, one of our um, our authors, she talks about how Christmas was such a great opportunity for them to share the hope of Christ because um, Mm -hmm. they live in a culture where it's Christmas is not celebrated. And so they get to explain why they celebrate it. And so that's just, they could definitely use our prayers for boldness and for those conversations Mm -hmm. to go well um,
0: around the world. Yeah. When you look at China, that's where most of our Christmas lights are, you know, they come from there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you think about, how how can I pray for China or how can I pray for some difficult places? Um, even just looking at the clothes that you wear or that you purchase or the gifts that you receive, where do, where were they made? Yeah. Look for a tag and then pray for that country. Uh, pray for the gospel to go out um, among the nations. So those are simple ways to do that too. Elizabeth, what, yeah. o- what other ways? For you. I think um, similar
1: to what Lauren said, just being encouraging, but also, like, being hopeful. Um, mm-hmm. I've said this over and over and over again because it's such a, a thing that I um, believe in, and I've said it on the podcast, just, like, how we are a hopeful people, and that is something... I mean, our the study is called Our Hope Has Come, and that is something mm-hmm. that is unique for us, and I think especially in this stretch of time where everything seems hopeless. And so I think... I don't know exactly practical ways to live that out other than just to kind of be encouraging and just have that, uh, pray that you will have hope and joy in this season, even in the midst of this difficult time, a time when we're all grieving, when we're um, experiencing a lot of loss, to just if we have that joy still, people are going to notice. And so, and being prepared to answer questions about it. And I think like you said, like we can take Christmas cards to people, we can take gifts to people um, and we can just be ready to explain um, why we're doing the things that we're doing if anybody asks. And um, definitely we can just kind of be those hopeful people um, to others and uh, the encouragements, and I think I think people will notice because our world is very weary um,
0: this year, yeah, especially for sure. Well, learn um, what you know. We always ask the question of those who are on a podcast of what has marked you, but we want to ask you like, what is something that you learned in writing or designing for the study um, that recently has walked you in your mark with Christ?
2: Um, I think the activity about um, lamenting, I. I wrote an activity about, let me see what it's called. I think it's to write a lament and then send it up.
0: Yeah, it was like a lantern. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The lantern. Um, I think that that's just something that I, talking about being encouraging, Mm -hmm. like that I've chosen kind of recently not to perpetuate this idea of woe is me, this world, Mm -hmm. this, um, what is it coming to or whatever, just like, (laughs) Like, the world is still, we're, like, it's beautiful. The Lord made it. And I just want to spread hope and joy like we were talking about. And anything that's burdening us, like, I want to just pray about that and take it to the Lord Um, instead of spreading that to others. And, yeah, so that's, that's one of the things I learned while writing the study. I want to be a comforting spot as a Christian to people who are not Christians for them to come to. And it's like a comfortable couch. Like, I'm going to go over there and find joy and encouragement and hope.
1: I love that. And I That's think true. I think this activity is such a, a needed one because we've talked about um, or I've talked about in a lot of conversations, just the church um, doesn't always do the best job of lamenting because we try to be the, like, happy, joyful people, which I think we do have joy no matter what we're going through but we also we need to mourn with those who mourn like um and so i think this is this will be a helpful acti- activity for people to lament the things that should be lamented but then like you said also be that safe place for people to come when they're lamenting and knowing that we have a hope um that does not disappoint so i love that that is yeah. included in our advent study for yeah. sure
0: Yeah. Well, this has really been a lot of fun over the last four weeks just to spend time thinking through our Advent study. And we feel like we've just gotten to do Bible study with you, our listeners. So we hope that you've enjoyed it. We hope that you've been following along with the Advent study. And of course, it's always available and you can find that at lifeway.com as well. So Lauren, thank you so much for all your work that you did on the project uh, because it looks absolutely beautiful. Yes,
1: thank you. And thank you for talking with us today and sharing with us. It was so fun.
0: All right. Well, thank you, listeners. And we hope that you'll be back with us next week.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinemann. Use the hashtag marked podcast to connect with us.
1: You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you
0: love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.